Hello, and welcome to another episode of Balanced Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest to introduce to you now. Courtney Luna is a former yacht chef turned stay-at-home mom and carnivore content creator. She shares her recipes and health journey as she heals her body with an animal-based diet. She has a long history of yo-yo dieting and finally found the end of the road of what works best for her. Her days are no longer filled with obsessing about food, trying not to binge, or binging and then restricting. It was a vicious cycle that is now a thing of the past. Courtney now helps others to break free from carbohydrate and sugar addictions and live their best life. Alongside her friend Devin, she is the co-host of the Eat Meat and Question Everything podcast, which has had amazing guests that are experts in their fields in the carnivore and keto space and is available on YouTube and major podcast platforms. She has an ebook available all about how to get started on your carnivore journey, which you can find on her website at www.courtneyluna.com. You, should, you can also find her on social media, especially on YouTube and Instagram at It's Courtney Luna. Courtney Luna, what an absolute honor it is to welcome you to Balanced Body Radio. Thank you so much. And goodness, I'm like, you're going to make me feel like a bigger deal than I am with that intro. <laughs> it's weird to like hear everything like back to me. Yeah, I know. It's great. We always offer our guests, we'll read this twice if you want. At any time of this conversation, you want me to go back and read it again, I totally will. So many cool and interesting <laughs> things in the introduction. And I would argue that one of the coolest is one of the very first things that we said. We probably could have ended the, the introduction after Yacht Chef. <laughs> like, that's pretty badass. How did that happen? That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I kind of stumbled into that because a friend, I used to live in St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands and I, I met a friend there. And after we went our separate ways, she got into yachting because in St. Thomas, like they had this new like yacht haven. So she got hired from a, for a boat there and she was in Fort Lauderdale. So I went to visit her one weekend and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. So I was living in Portland at the time. I moved home to come like save some money. I waited tables. I saved money and I moved to Fort Lauderdale. I lived in a crew house, which was a shit show. And it took me like three months to finally find a job. I did a lot of like day work. I was beginning to think like I might have to move back home. And I found a job and the rest was history. I started out as a stewardess and kind of, you don't really like work your way up, so to speak, because it's not like you're on one boat this whole time. You're bouncing around. but I went from stew to being like a cook stew. And then I found another position where I was cooking. And then after that, I, I just did more like freelancing. Whereas before those were more longer term, I was on my boats for like a couple of years. Um, so yeah, if anyone's watched the show Below Deck, um, it's kind of like that. And I know some of those people. So it's very interesting. And yeah, good times. I used to have a really fun and exciting life. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And now I'm at home with kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's still very exciting, I'm sure. And we're gonna we're gonna chat a lot about diet and nutrition today. I think this is gonna be really helpful for our listeners who also do animal based diets. But I I figured I would invite you on. If nothing else, maybe I can get a hookup for one of those people that owns a yacht, so I can go watch the Monaco Grand Prix um, from a yacht. That would be amazing. So if you could hook that up, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, I'd like to go too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's amazing. So like we said, um, you are an expert in the carnivore diet, I would say. You haven't been doing it for super, super long, but um, your content is incredible. You share your message out there with a lot of people. And it is January of 2023, which means it's World Carnivore Month. So I thought this would be a perfect time to have you on to, I guess, kind of interlace your personal journey through nutrition and different diets and what that was like for you, but also try to give the, the listener 
there's some tips and tricks and things you learned along the way. And so if they want to start their own carnivore diet, they can get some really good information. I figured this would be a really good way to kind of do both. So let's start out with your personal story. You were a chef. Were you always obsessed with food? Was food and nutrition a big part of things or was it really just kind of more the cooking side and just all foods were interesting to you? Yeah. Nutrition was never a part of things. Like, I guess to me, um, wanting to be thin equaled health. Um, so yeah, I come from a, a, oh gosh. Okay. I need to do some math here. 13 is probably when I first started dieting. So like 20, is that 25 years ago? Gosh, I'm 38. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That sounds so old. Um, yeah. So 25 years, I mean, I went to like my first weight watchers meeting and I tried it all grapefruit diet, um, slim fast, um, not eating. I don't know if you remember the special K diet. Someone just reminded me of now, not the drug, but the cereal where they're like, eat two bowls of our cereal a day. And then a balanced dinner, like insane. (laughs) So, I mean, I've tried it all. I did. I discovered paleo probably like 12 years ago when Mark Sisson came out with his primal, uh, primal blueprint book. So that was my intro to maybe doing things a little bit more healthier, but always just to lose weight. Um, keto, low carb. So I've been in the low carb keto space for probably like seven years now, six or seven years. But then again, not caring what I was eating. Like I didn't care what the ingredients were. I was worried about, you know, losing weight and I could be eating garbage as long as there was a shit ton of fiber in there to make it, you know, low net carbs. So coming to carnivore, like this is the first time that I did need to lose weight and I still am. I'm, I'm working on that right now, but I didn't start this to lose weight. I started it because I was feeling like garbage. Like I was, I I was just feeling like shit. I went to the doctor thinking something was wrong. We did all the lab works, everything. He said, everything was fine. And then I looked at it myself and it's like, okay, well, some of these are not fine. Like I was in like the pre-diabetic range. Um, my cholesterol was high and yeah, just, he thought everything was fine. And then I discovered, um, well, my husband discovered Saladino, Paul Saladino. He was sending me his TikToks for like about a month and finally, and we never talked about it. And finally I'm like, wait, what are you sending me? Like, should we not be eating vegetables? Like, I don't understand. I don't know. I got to do more research. He's like, I just thought they were interesting. Um, And yeah, so that was my intro to this. And that was eight months ago. I'm like, well, let's just give it a shot. They say this is the most nutritious way to eat. Let's experiment. And I've learned a ton along the way of health and nutrition, which was never a focus in the past. Yeah, that's amazing. When you look back on some of those diets that you were doing before, do any of them strike you as particularly um, harmful? Were were some worse than others? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say like paleo would be a good option, keto. But then again, like when now I'm looking at them, it's like, okay, well, now that I know more about plants and how they're trying to kill us, then maybe not so much. But I did, I forgot I did Weight Watchers too for a while. And, you know, all they're all just, yeah, not good. And I feel like they're all coming from a face like especially weight watchers like a little misinformed you know like i it's like low fat and all you know like it's not i think they're coming from the weight loss place too and not so much nutrition yeah very interesting thank you for commenting on that i'm wondering if you noticed differences as you were shifting through the diets you know was paleo better than what you were doing before and then that transition over to keto what things did you notice were changing in the body besides just weight loss 
honestly, like nothing. I mean, yeah, it was just weight loss. And of course, like I felt better, but I still mentally was not there. Like paleo worked, I lost some weight and then I fell off or I would do keto and then I would have a cheat night and then that would turn into a cheat week. So even though I was feeling better while I was on it and I was losing weight, I wasn't mentally there because for me having, I guess, if you will, a carb and sugar addiction and eating fruits that have sugar or even like the keto treats, you know, those just like prolonged my, my obsession and need for sugar. So while I did have health benefits, I never stuck with it because I would keep falling off. Yeah. No, I was just thinking that as you were kind of explaining that, you know, when somebody is first transitioning onto a ketogenic diet and they're doing keto treats and fat bombs and all these things that are like, you know, quote unquote, keto approved, it's like, yeah, like go ahead and try that, but you better be thinking about how to get those off at some point because I found the same thing with my clients. If I try to fuck around with those foods in somebody's diet, they're going to still be addicted to carbohydrate. They might not know it, but they will still be addicted to sweet tastes. And I think it's really important to get all sweet tastes out of the diet, including things like you mentioned, like fruit. Did you notice that same thing with you? Yeah, definitely. And and I did do fruit in the beginning. So like I said, I found Saladino, which is for those that don't know, um, carnivore MD. So he's big on the fruit. And I feel like that's a whole other rabbit hole because a lot of people do not agree with what he's doing in the carnivore space. Um, but I did start out that way with zero intention to go strict carnivore. So I was like, oh, great. I can have maple syrup and honey and all this fruit. Well, hey, like my little sugar addicted brain is so excited that I get to keep that in. And it worked for me for five months or five months, sorry, five weeks. Um, I was aware of where my carbs were at. I would um, probably keep them around and I wasn't really like tracking, but just years of tracking, I kind of knew where I was at, maybe like 50 to 75 grams of carbs. So I wasn't doing 400 grams like he is. Um, but then I noticed after a while that it's like, okay, I could have just eaten a pound of ribeye. I'm clearly full and satiated, yet I would want some like blueberries or something. Like my mouth was still hungry. I wanted that sugar. So I'm like, okay, like it's time to ditch the fruit because I'm still, while it helped me not have craving for like processed things and I wasn't craving ice cream, but I, there was still that, you know, craving sugar from fruit. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I think it's really important to question why you're doing any type of diet and really, really get real with yourself about what your goals are, because that will help make some of those decisions for you. Do you want to have a carnivore diet that does have lots of fruit and honey in it or not? If you're living in Costa Rica and surfing for three hours a day and doing crazy hard workouts, then yeah, you could probably get away with that and be fine with that. If you are, if you have a history of sugar addiction and you live in America and it's winter, maybe that's not the best idea. And I, you know, I, I, I love Paul Saladino. I love his message. I'm glad he's sharing it. I, I just, I, where I am, the clients that I get more damage is done by that type of message than I think does people favors. And again, people can be wherever they want on that spectrum, but I, I do think it's really important to really consider what your goals are and what your history is with, you know, sugar addiction. And that would determine whether you want to approach your diet like that or not. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. Um, I wonder you know, I'm not an expert in nutrition. So this is just me thinking out loud, but just because he's like burning it off, like he's not getting fat from all of this that he's eating, but what is it doing to him internally? You know, what's going on? Cause then you hear about like the Randall effect, you know, I, I don't, professor Bart K talks about that a lot and how, 
you know, when the fat and the carbs are like battling each other to be your source of um, energy, I guess. And that can have like an aging process. And a lot of people have been commenting on his looks in the last five years. And I wonder if it's because of his diet or maybe it's where he lives and he's out in the sun and he's getting a lot of salt water. I don't know. But that's one thing that kind of makes me be like, okay, maybe I don't want to have that fruit. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I mean, we all know about the damages of fructose in a diet and that's a lot of fructose. And so whether or not that's going to have consequences is, is, you know, speculation, but I think it's important to talk about. So I really appreciate you um, going there with that point. I want to go back to that 30 day period where you've already been pretty much animal diet kind of friendly and in that zone, you've been keto for a while. What was it like to start to see those videos? Like what was your resistance in the very beginning to what his message was about, about eating mostly animal products. Yeah. I thought it was insane to ditch veggies. Like, cause even before I found his videos, I'm remembering now that my husband said that we have a, a, a couple friend and he's like, they're going to try carnivore, you know, to like lose weight. And I'm like, well, what's carnivore? He's like not eating vegetables. I'm like, why would they do that just to lose weight? Like why, how is that healthy? You know, we've been brainwashed to believe that vegetables are so good for us and, and that they're needed. And I had no clue how nutritious meat was. You think of red meat and you're like, oh, you get some protein, some fat, some iron. That was all I knew about it. So yeah, I thought it was insane until I started learning more and and he was explaining like why the plants are bad for us and, you know, learning about the defense chemicals and the oxalates and the lectins and all that. And then it started to make sense like, okay, we don't need the vegetables or fruit even to be healthy, that we can get all the nutrients our body needs just from meat, which is mind blowing to me. And it's still kind of crazy to think. And God, I wish more people would have an open mind to that instead of being so resistant, like absolutely not. There's no way. Like, just get curious. Yeah. It, Don't around. It is the vegetable thing. that I think that was the thing that made me resist it the most when I was getting started was like, if, if vegetables are bad for you, I have been wrong, very wrong about nutrition with my clients, with my nutrition clients, with my personal training clients for, you know, at the time, a little over a decade. Like, I... <laughs> I would have been wrong about all of that. And so even hearing the message about carnivore, I really didn't deep dive into it as soon as I should have, because that was my, you know, kind of sacred cow, if you will, is that this is the best food. You need nine to 11 servings of vegetables every single day. And it just, you cringe to think back on those times that like you were eating all of these gross plants that had active fighting chemicals, like you said, that are fighting against our health, tearing up my gut and making my joints ache and all of these things that I was dealing with, it, it made everything worse. And so, yeah, it's such an interesting thought that that not that like plants are neutral but plants are actively bad for you and are causing harm um okay so again going back to that time your mind is kind of coming around to this idea what things did you do to get prepared to start your own carnivore diet um i think when once i decided to do it i just did it so i just jumped right in and started documenting it you know because i was already showing up on social media with all the other food stuff i've done and like the past couple years. So I just jumped right in. And so there wasn't much preparation. <laughs> I just started, I just started eating mainly beef, had lots of um, fatty meats, a lot of burger patties, steaks, like maybe half a cup to a cup of blueberries a day, or just maybe some other fruit, but very minimal and a little drizzle of maple syrup and butter on a burger, which, oh my gosh, if I were to have like 
a quote unquote cheat meal, I think that's probably what I would have because that was that was delicious. I actually missed that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So it sounds like you already had the taste for red meat. What I find with a lot of people who are starting carnivore is they don't exactly start off with with a taste or a craving for red meat. Now, I find that that comes around very, very quickly in people where, you know, if you're eating a lot of chicken and fish, that's maybe what you're doing in the beginning. But over time, maybe a month, two months, three months, you are going to start craving that red meat. For somebody who doesn't yet have the taste or palatability of the red meat, what would you say to that person? Where could they start? Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, I mean, it, 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 you're right. You do come around. I mean, you see there's so many vegans, ex-vegans in the carnivore community. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's a, such a fascinating story that they have. But yeah, you'll get there. Just eat whatever meat you want to have. Even if, like, if you're coming from vegan too, I would maybe even suggest a little slow transition just so you're not like bombarding yourself. Maybe start out with some bone broth then add in some meat. But yeah, I mean, we're, we are all very heavy on the beef in the carnivore community, but there's nothing wrong with having other animals. Um, so yeah, if you want some chicken, maybe if you're having breasts, like you could have it plain or whatever, but I would add fat to things if you're having lean cuts, but also not stress about it in the beginning. It will all balance out eventually. Yeah. Do you find that as you're helping people get started, do you find that one of the barriers to success is people that think they need to make it more complicated for themselves than they need to? Yeah. I think they're overthinking it and they're trying to be maybe a little like not too creative in the kitchen, but like they're used to making recipes or now they're worried, like, like, should I also be fasting or should I be tracking my macros? And it's like, just keep it simple. Like you can adjust all that stuff as you go. Like just in the beginning, have some bacon and eggs for breakfast, have some burger patties with cheese. If you like dairy for lunch and have a steak for dinner, like you don't need, you don't need to complicate it at all. And you can make changes down the road, but yeah, just start off like, don't be stressed out. There's so many things that you can tweak as you go on. I love that. That's great advice. Were there any recipes that you were following in the beginning that now you no longer need because it's just so simple. You just throw some burger patties in an air fryer, eat it with some bacon or butter and you're done. Like it's so easy, but were there any recipes in the beginning that you really enjoyed? Um, I mean, I did make a lot, but honestly I was making it for everybody else because I was already sharing my food I wanted to give people still like a little bit of like creative stuff. Like I don't think anybody would have wanted to see me eat burgers every day. Um, so I did do some stuff like, you know, meatballs that have like cheese and bacon in it or whatever, or I would make these cheese wraps um, where you bake the cheese and use them as a wrap and roll them up with things in. So I don't really eat those anymore or like chaffles. I don't eat anymore. So yeah, I mean, I honestly, I did it for the gram. I did it for the people that like that needed that. Like I, I technically didn't need those recipes. I was content with burger patties and steaks and I still am, but yeah, it's fun to throw something in once in a while. Like I love my carnivore ish coffee, ice cream or gnocchi with uh brown butter cream sauce. Like everything, I guess it like has a lot of dairy. I'm trying not to do dairy right now. <laughs> Well, no, that's great. And I think, again, that's really good, helpful advice for somebody that's just trying to get started. Um, I was asked this in a podcast interview that was just hosted on yesterday, and they asked me about the fat loss and the weight loss that comes along with carnivore diet. And I said, like, that's that's fun. That is really fun, and it's sexy, and it's great, and it's what people want. But that's not the reason that people do carnivore. You can lose weight doing lots of different things. There's other reasons that people do carnivore. And so I'm curious, what were your results for what you were seeking, which was, again, to lose weight? Um, 
how did that go? And then what other things kind of surprised you? Yeah, so I'm down 35 pounds and still have 20. So that's great. I mean, the weight loss came easy. I did stall the last few months. And I think because I went overboard on the dairy, so we're pulling that back. Um, and yeah, like the benefits, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting those. And, you know, a lot of people, this is the ultimate elimination diet, you know, people aren't going on this. I mean, some are just to lose weight. Like you said, like people are turning to this because they have some major health issues or they have like autoimmune disease. Like I have a friend who was covered head to toe in psoriasis, like insane. And it's completely cleared up. And, you know, like Michaela Peterson, she like healed her juvenile arthritis. So it's really like people looking to heal. This isn't a fad diet. Like people keep saying, like, this isn't a diet, like diet to me, like that's not the right word. Like this is a lifestyle for people. Like this is how people are healing their bodies and improving, you know, their mental health. And yeah, it's just been, it's been life-changing for me. That's amazing. Your recent guest, one of my favorite humans on the planet, uh, author of the book, How to Eat Like a, or Eat Like a Human, uh, Dr. Bill Schindler, he explains it really well. Like, why do we even have to ask the question, what is a species-appropriate diet? We shouldn't even have to ask that question, but we are so far removed from where we're getting our food, and it doesn't match up with how we evolved. It's too quick. We've made too many fast changes, as he explained really well in the podcast episode you guys did with him, and I, I thought that was phenomenal. We, we have all this technology. We can Grubhub our food you know, anytime we don't even need to leave the house to get food delivered to us. And it's terrible. And you're right. It's not a fad to go back to the way that we would have survived for millions of years. Yeah. Food these days, like it's besides what's in it. It's just, yeah, like that's gross. And just like the convenience of everything that's not like being healthy. Yeah. Like, like you said, very detached from where our food comes, you know, not many of us are even able to go like source from a local farm. So yeah, it's grocery store and and fast food. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's definitely not ideal. And, And people now think that this is the norm and this is how we should be eating. And you should be able to, or you should eat everything in moderation. And that's what a balanced diet is. And you have to eat that way to be normal. It's like, I have to poison myself to be considered normal. Like if you're a pusher of a balanced diet, then are you going and doing heroin on the weekends? Like don't do it on Monday, you know, just a little bit. So it's like, it's mind boggling. (laughs) So crazy. Okay. In the introduction, we talked about you obsessing about food, binging. Um, and, and all of a sudden you've come to this diet. That's the end of the road diet for you, which tells me at, at this point, you found the last diet you might ever be on. Um, so first of all, tell us, tell us how you think you know that you might be in that world, in that land of like, this might be the last thing I do for the rest of my life. And tell us a little bit about what it was like to, you know, hopefully overcome some of those things, the binging, the, the you know, the vicious cycle that we were talking about in the introduction. How did you get through that? Yeah, I mean, eating this way just all those desires and cravings are gone. Like I'm an abstainer. I can't moderate. So they're just off the table. It's not even like, it's not even an option anymore. And I've never felt that way before. You know, I would always fall off any diets. I would always cheat. I mean, I'm going on, I think even tomorrow might be my eight months. Um, and I haven't had one slip up. And if someone has a slip up, that's fine. So I'm not even saying, oh, look at me. I haven't cheated. But I haven't had the desire to cheat. Like I haven't even had, besides that five weeks when I was animal-based, like I haven't even had 
one bite of my kid's fruit when I'm cutting it up for them. Like there has been nothing. So to me, like having that food freedom, which people don't understand because they're like, how do you have food freedom? You're not eating anything. I'm like, well, to me, food freedom is like the mental freedom, the mental gymnastics I would go through to not binge or binge and then restrict or try to fit into my macros or what, you know, like just constantly obsessively thinking about food. Like now it's gone. You could have, you know, pre-carnivore, you could have a plate of donuts sitting next to me and I would be like, oh my gosh, I want one so bad. Maybe I would eat one and maybe I would not for the rest of the day, but I would be thinking about it. Or maybe I would eat the whole thing and then it's like, okay, well, tomorrow I got to start over. So I'm going to starve myself tomorrow so it can all balance out. And now they could sit here and it would be like, I have no desire because it's more than just weight. I think with the times in the past, you know, it's like, since I was just looking for weight loss, I would have a cheat weekend or a cheat night because it's like, okay, one night's not going to affect my weight loss. Um, Whereas now it's coming from, I'm worried about my health and my mental health. Um, So that's why this works for me. And like, yeah, you could have that here. No desire. Like, it's just, I don't even see it. It's, and, and it's not even like, I would sit here and be like, oh gosh, I really want one, but I'm carnivore. So I can't like, not even another thought. So that is freeing for me. Like, I just feel like that is like 10 pounds lifted or hundred pounds lifted. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people struggle with the yo-yo and, you know, the carb and sugar addiction. So I just hope someone listening to this, like, can know, like, it doesn't have to be that way. I did that for 25 years. It was miserable. You know, like it can stop, it can stop. And it may sound like a drastic diet, but you know what, like what was more awful was feeling how I felt. I don't think it's awful to eat ribeyes every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that explanation of freedom and freedom. We we think of as like, you can just go and do whatever you want, whenever you want. And that's not exactly it. It's like you establish boundaries so that you have freedoms in other areas of your, of your life. It's like, do you want to eat breakfast or do you want to go surf or, you know, ride your bike or whatever you have options that are not always just centered around food. So I think that was really well explained. And, and I'm glad you hit on this. I've heard you answer this question on a different podcast interview where they said like, is it just because you have mentally said, I'm, I can't eat those foods. So I'm not going to eat those foods. So I'm going to avoid, you know, the middle part of the grocery store. I'm going to be not around sugar and fruits and vegetables, or is it something different? And you said like, maybe it's part of it that I decided that I'm not going to eat those foods anymore, but it's, it's very much deeper than that. It's like, I I don't want those foods anymore. My tastes are completely different than what they used to be. I used to somewhat enjoy vegetables and they look disgusting to me now. Like even sugar is like, yeah, I can maybe dabble a little bit. I know, no, I can't cause I'm not, I'm not a moderator either. So I, I have to abstain from that. But vegetables look gross. Like your, your whole, your whole view of what food is and what food is not completely changes. Yeah, it definitely changes. And the desires change and like even your taste buds, like, you know, People are like, how do you eat the same things over and over again? And do you ever get sick of it? It's like, I don't. And I get why people would think that as an outsider looking in. But you know what I got sick of was when I was being keto or low carb, I would meal prep. I would probably, you know, meal prep for the week, make about three or four different meals, have some sort of protein and veggie. And by a few days, I was sick of that. So I I don't know what it's doing to your your. T- buds like you know and that was having a lot of ingredients you know that was using seasonings and having garlic and onions and and you know like roasting vegetables where you know you have the fat on so they get like crispy like they were delicious things but I got burnout. 
but now I could eat even cold burger patties every day and it's delicious to me. So it's interesting. I almost think of it too, as like, if you've ever heard a smoker say like when they quit smoking, like their taste buds come alive and they can finally taste things. Like, I think it kind of is like that too. Yeah. Salty, fatty protein just hits that spot perfectly every single time. And I, it may have been Paul Saladino that I'm stealing this from, but, but somebody was asking him about like, like people who say they like vegetables and Paul's question was like, really, do you think they like the vegetables or do you think they like everything that comes along with the vegetables? Do you think if I steam up some Brussels sprouts and put it on a plate for somebody, they're going to like eat it or are they going to really love it if it's cooked in bacon and bacon grease and salted? It's, it's like people like it because it's a probably a vehicle for what their bodies are really craving, like fat and salt and sustenance that you're getting from some of those other things. I don't think you'll see a lot of people that just eat raw spinach on its own. Like that's disgusting. Hardly anybody would do that. Yeah, exactly. That's so true because what I liked most about vegetables, like I said, was roasting them and, you know, like especially Brussels sprouts and that you're putting all that fat on it, which your body probably wants that fat and that's getting like crispy. And then the salt, like that's what I liked. Um, if I needed to, I would eat a bowl of steamed Brussels sprouts, but that's because I thought that's what I should do to be healthy, you know, fill up your belly with veggies. So you eat less like that's, you know, and then also like with salads, it's like, okay, if you, no one wants to eat a bowl of just lettuce, but you like salads because you have yummy toppings on them and you're dousing them and dressing. So, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's not the vegetable or the salads. It's everything that's going on top of it is, is why you like it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point. And for the listener who's thinking like, okay, but if you're removing all that fiber, that's going to be really bad for you. Can you talk about what happens digestively when you start eliminating all fiber? Yes, it is so much better. Okay. I know you guys are all going around tooting all day. Like you are, you have gas. I know you do. Okay? I have zero gas and I know what it's like to be, you know, being gassy all day, coming from a low carb space, you know, they're cranking up the fiber to make things low carb. And that is not good for your stomach. That is not comfortable. So there is no need for fiber to go to the bathroom. Um, in fact, like the high fat keeps things regular. Um, if somebody is constipated in the beginning, I would suggest you look at your hydration, your electrolytes, maybe put some salt in there. Um, you could always have a magnesium if you need to get, get things going, but I would up your fat and maybe even some like hot rendered fat, like liquid butter, melted butter. Um, and some people have the opposite end in the beginning where you are having loose stools. And with that, I feel like that's, I feel like I see that more than the constipation, even though some people do get constipated, but it's normally you know, having all that fat, especially, you know, if you're coming from a low fat diet, which is what's pushed on us, um, then that can upset your stomach a little bit. So I would pull back from hot rendered fat. Like if you're making burgers on the grill, that's great. If you're making them like ground beef in a pan, I would probably not eat that grease. I would drain that off and maybe add some like sour cream if you want um, dairy or a chunk of butter or something, replace the liquid fat with some more solid fat. And sometimes, sometimes people have no issues, um, but sometimes it's just, you need to go through that process in the beginning, but don't let that deter you. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I think that's a really good sign that you're at least, you know, heading in the right direction. So 
interesting anecdote to just kind of compare the two. Like when I was, when I was eating, you know, a mixed diet with lots of vegetables, I know how much I was going to the bathroom and I know what kind of volume was going to the bathroom. This weekend, my wife and I went to our favorite Brazilian steakhouse, Rodizio in downtown Salt Lake. For a meat eater, this is paradise. Like you sit down to have all you can eat, the best meat for as long as, as you'd like to stay there. And it's so funny. I was just talking to my wife about this. It's amazing how powerful the satiety signals are when they hit. We're a carnivore couple going to an all-you-can-eat meat place. I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to sit in this chair for six hours. They're going to bring me picanha and cortisol until I am rolling out of here. And it's like 45 <laughs> minutes later, this delicious food, you just develop this like aversion. Like you can't even like almost look at it. That's how powerful those hormones are that tell, tell you that you've gotten enough nutrition and you can stop eating now. You feasted. And using the bathroom that next day with all of the pounds of picanha and cortisol and all the delicious food I have was very minimal and a very minimal amount of time. And you really realize like, wow, I am eating foods that my body is utilizing pretty much all of it and very little that gets wasted. Yeah, definitely. And some people can mistaken constipation for that. I mean, I think you would know if you're constipated, if things hurt and you're uncomfortable, but a lot of people just go less often, maybe every couple of days. Um, because yeah, there's not much waste. Like your body is literally using and absorbing most of the meat. Whereas when you're having plants, especially fiber, like all that's just coming out. Um, yeah, I mean the hunger, being able to listen to your hunger cues is so easy when you're eating this way, because you're not going to eat a pound of meat and then be like full and satisfied, satisfied, and then go emotionally eat another pound of ribeye. Like it's just not going to happen. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't last six hours at steakhouse. I'd be like, I'm done. Let's go. to. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm always disappointed (laughs) with with myself that we can't stay longer, but it's, you're right. You just, you can't be there anymore. You've eaten as much as you can and the body will make you stop eating. You can't have another bite. And, and the food waste, you know, I was talking about the number two food waste, but we should also go back to what you were saying before making all that meal prep, all of the snacks, how much food were you throwing away? Yeah. Well, I think everyone buys a bag of spring mix that they leave in their fridge till they throw away. Right. (laughs) Totally. Totally. But yeah, I mean, definitely that and eating this way has definitely lowered, um, our, our, our costs too, because you're not buying all the extra things and the snacks and the, this or the, that, especially since I cut out dairy these last two weeks, I have saved so much because I was eating way too much dairy and it's expensive and I didn't even need to be eating like that much more calories. So yeah, it's definitely, yeah, there's no, there's no waste. You eat, you eat everything you're buying from the animal. Yep. Totally. Yeah. We are, our recycling can and our trash can are the exact same size. I take my recycling out once a week. I take my trash can out once a month. Like that never used to happen just with even the food waste, the ends of vegetables and all the things that you're getting, you have to throw away anyway. Plus all the meals that you thought you were making for the week that you're right. Two days later, they're disgusting. They don't look good. They don't taste good. They took a ton of time and cost to make in the beginning and you're not going to eat them. Like don't kid yourself. You're not going to eat them. It's going to be thrown away at the end of the week. Another thing that you mentioned earlier that I think a lot of people in this space really know about, but I'd, I'd love for you to talk about is mental health. You talked about this is a priority for you for mental health. How in the world is eating an animal-based diet, first of all, affecting you mentally? And secondly, how do you know that it's something that's going to help you mentally for the rest of your life? Yeah, I think why people have mental health issues is a lot of it stems from inflammation in the brain. 
So if you are eating a diet that is causing inflammation, which would be carbs and sugar, then that's not going to bode well for you. So yeah, I could tell when I was on my Zoloft that things were improving. So I'm like, let's just give it a shot and go off. And yeah, I mean, things have changed drastically. Now I'm not perfect. I still have like my wacky moments, but I mean, it's so much better. And even, you know, to dive a little bit, you know, next to mental health, not quite that, but just even like women's cycles, you know, that's still like, cause we can get a little crazy, you know, that week too. And I feel like even, even that has improved. So more than just mental health, but like mood and everything else that like comes along with it has been life-changing. And I'm not the only one that has had this success story. Like there's a lot of people and what really pisses me off is, you know, I've shared this on, on TikTok and they are so dismissive and actually angry. How dare you suggest that eating your diet can cure depression? I'm like, okay, then don't believe me, but I'm sharing what happened and this is what happened, you know? So it's like, I wish people would give it a shot if they're having some issues. I mean, you don't have to go carnivore, but at least, you know, ditch the processed junk and the sugar. Yeah, I agree. I, I was never diagnosed with anxiety or anything like that. I was always pretty positive, but switching to carnivore and looking back, like I totally had anxiety and all of that is reduced, like stressful situations, everyday situations that just don't bother you as much. You're not as reactive anymore. Like you, you treat people with a little bit more patience and kindness and grace. And like I, gratitude is a huge one that I see. Did your gratitude for the things and people and animals around you change after you went carnivore? Yeah, definitely. And I actually had a conversation with someone about this on an Instagram live. Um, and we were talking about how like the, you'll just like have a moment where you're just like, Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Just thinking about it where you just like feel overwhelmed with like happiness. And like, there's a few points about, and when we were talking about this, I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, now that you mentioned it, like, yes. Like I was like, I was in the store last week and I just had like this overwhelming feeling of like, happiness. I'm like, I haven't felt that in a long time. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, if for no other reason, you know, people try this for that reason, like you said, or even if you're not going to go full carnivore, just reduce the sugar and see how that feels and how you interact in, on, you know, on this planet that you have a very temporary time to be on. It's just, it's better. It's just, it's nice. It's, it's kinder. It's better. And so I'm really, I'm glad that you noticed that. I think that's amazing. When you're changing your diet, also you have a family. So how has your diet, how is you changing your diet affected family members around you? Uh, we've had quite a few friends and family um, switch to carnivore. Now we've had quite a few like be keto. And this is like, cause me and my husband are in this and we've had a few that switched to keto when we were keto years ago and quite a few now seen what we've done for the last eight months that are giving carnivore a try. There's like three I can think of off the top of my head. And then like two friends that I've tried it. Oh, it's pretty cool. And it's not from even like telling them they should or preaching anything. Like you honestly don't even need to say a word. You just live your life. They see things changing, especially like weight loss. That's an easy change. And if you're around me a lot, you can see my mental health. But, you know, for others where they're just seeing your physical appearance and then people start to get curious, like, okay, what is it you're doing? Why are you not eating vegetables? So, yeah, it's been pretty cool to see it kind of like trickle out a little bit. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I definitely want to make sure we go back and talk about that and some of the social issues around going carnivore because you and I have interesting experiences and a lot of criticism out there. Um, but 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 what about your kids? How did, what what changed with your kids' diet? Were you just a little bit more kind of animal centric with them? Do they do they have treats at parties? Like how do you handle those types of situations as a parent? Yeah, so we've always been pretty health conscious. You know, before turning carnivore, we were always you know paying attention to that kind of stuff. Um, but not like we are now. Um, the whole seed oil thing is a brand new topic to me since going carnivore. I mean, before carnivore, I was frying Brussels sprouts in canola oil. And now I'm like horrified, like, Oh God, like I knew olive oil was ideal, but I didn't know the extent. And I feel like that's kind of a, a hot topic right now. Um, so that's interesting, you know, so we've kind of, we've pulled back on that, but yeah, they're very animal animal-based, very animal-heavy. Um, and I, I kind of hesitate to talk about it a little bit just because I have gotten slammed on TikTok. So they are not strict carnivores. They do have other stuff here and there, but we really try to limit sugar. They do have things on occasion. I see differences in their behavior when they have sugar. So the more I learn about this and the more like we've done it, it has me questioning things on why I'm still giving them things that I am. Yeah. So tough. Still figuring things out. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. And I got a, a good sense of appreciation. I think it was your very first audio podcast episode that dropped. Um, the woman from New Zealand who lives in England. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, she's from, yeah, she's in, yeah, 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 yeah. Just the carnivore money. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so you got a sense of that. It's like, okay, if I choose to eat a certain way, I'm 38 also, like I can do whatever I want. But like when, when you're doing it for your kids, that, that's a whole nother ball game. And it would be very difficult to not question like, are, are, is meat going to be the only thing? Of course, like they should have lots of different things, but like what, where do you draw the line of like, this is, you know, this is like normal food and this is fruit and this also might have some toxins and other things that come with it. It's, it's a really tricky situation. I think parents have it really tough in today's day and age. It sucks. You're getting criticism over it. Yeah. So I don't share much about them, but yeah, in the beginning when I would answer, it's like, cause they'd be like, well, if you're, if you think this is the way everyone should be eating, then why are your kids having fruits and vegetables? And at the beginning, it's like, well, this is new to me. I'm not going to like experiment, if you will, on my kids. Like I'm still learning and figuring this out. And I would be nervous that they may, they may not get enough meat in for the day. You know, sometimes my, my two-year-old is like, I don't like cheeseburgers. And the next day she's like having like five of them, you know? So it's like, okay, well, we were, we give them vegetables. So they're at least getting something. But now the more I dive in, the more I'm like, like, okay, maybe we should be doing more carnivore, but it's hard. And yeah, so I, that's kind of like the last like few weeks I've really been like in my head about that and trying to figure out like what we're doing with them. Yeah, that's tough. I, when we were at the Brazilian restaurant, a table that I was looking at had a kiddo. He's probably two or three years old. He had a mixed plate and he was just going to town on bacon, just like, like, like candy. And so we went over there and, and, you know, said hi to this couple and then, and the kiddo and just said like, that's awesome. Keep feeding him carnivore. And you could tell they were giving him a choice of whatever foods he wants. And he was naturally selecting that, that 
food, which was amazing. So I want to go back to something that you talked about, which is, uh, you know, the social aspect of this. And I don't know where you are with sharing your message. You're very vocal about it. And I really appreciate it. Um, where I am is this interesting kind of, um, confluence, I guess I would say, where I've got more people than ever reaching out people that are maybe friends that I haven't talked to in a long time. And they're saying like, well, I've been actually following your content for a long time. I really like it. Let's set up a consultation. Like, wow, cool. I didn't even think you were pay attention. So I've, I've got more of that and more people that are coming around to being more open to that. And at the same time, it's also so polarized. I'm getting more people leaving comments on YouTube, leaving comments or messages on Twitter and people that are messaging me, like friends, acquaintances, strangers, everybody saying, this is stupid. You can't say this message. Like, like there's all kinds of different diets that people can benefit from. And so it's, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. It feels like there's more people open to it, but there's also a lot more criticism and the polarization is getting stronger in my opinion. What is it like for you? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know eating this way was going to be so controversial. Like, like I said, I didn't see any carnivore influencers before I switched to eating this way. I was sharing my low carb and then I went right into here's my carnivore stuff. Like this is what I'm doing. Had zero expectations that this was going to happen. Um, yeah. TikTok has been wild with the comments. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of comments every single day, thousands. If I have a video going viral and 90% of them are horrendous. I do have like a handful of people that are also carnivore. So that's cool. And everyone's like arguing back and forth in the comments, but yeah, I mean, I just didn't know it would bring controversy. It's, it's pretty much like political too. Like I may as well just be telling everyone who I'm voting for along with it, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. And it's really frustrating that people don't have an open mind and, and we've been brainwashed to think a certain way about nutrition this whole time. And so that's where they're coming from. And I get it, but all the hate and, and telling me that I'm like spreading misinformation. And it's like, I'm not though, like go look it up for yourself and, and no studies are going to be good enough for them. And, and that's the whole other topic. You know, you can't lock someone in, in a room for a hundred years and like do a full on study. Like they're never going to be like totally accurate like that. And yeah, it's been, it's been frustrating that the hate I get, cause it's like, I've never felt better. Why are you dismissing all of us that feel so good from eating this way? Like, it sounds like you need to eat a steak. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's such a shame to get, to receive that type of hate. And so I'm curious for you, how much time in your day do you budget to in, in hours to, to go onto vegan accounts and attack them? Never have done it once in my life. No, <laughs> I yeah, uh, I don't get it. And you know, what? I listen to a lot of Gary V, and he says things, you know, about like dealing with the hate. And it's like, and, and you can understand, but it doesn't make it any easier. Like, you know, hurt people hurt people. So I get that they're coming from a bad place, but it still it still stings. And he's just like, you know, imagine how sad that person's life is if they're going to not only take the time to watch your content, but then take the time to shit all over your content and leave nasty comments, you know? And it's like, so yeah, you, you know, you need to have like compassion and empathy for the person. They're clearly hurting. That being said, it doesn't always make it easier. Like words still like sting, especially if they're saying something that you're already insecure about. Like one of the things someone said, and I forget who said this, but, um, 
like a saying, um, if someone is making fun of your hair for being blue, well, you can't get upset because you don't have blue hair. So why would I be upset if they're saying that? So that helps in certain things. But if they're coming after me and making fun of my looks and my insecurities I have about my looks, then that sucks. Like that's a different picture. And I find usually they're projecting their insecurities onto me. I think a lot of people are jealous. I think I'm getting a lot more hate than the men are um, in this space. I think women tend to be a little bit more catty and, and they're really like coming after me and I've, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting hit hard. Instagram is more of like my nurturing community. I feel like it's more like-minded granted. I am in Instagram jail right now and I have been for a few months. So they're not even pushing my content out to new people, which yeah, January 26th, I'm free. And then they'll start suggesting my posts again. (laughs) So I haven't been getting bad comments on there really because no one, only my followers are seeing it unless someone shares it. So that's been interesting. And yeah, TikTok or YouTube, a lot of nice comments, but not so much like in the shorts because that goes out to everyone. And so there's a lot of hateful people on YouTube too. And it's just a wild world out there that I did not expect at all. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that either. And you're right. Like in my brain, I know that hurt people hurt people. It's a great way to say it. Don't take things personally. You still take things personally. It still sucks. (laughs) to hear yep. that that you're you're spreading misinformation or you know personal attacks it it still sucks so that's kind of the online thing and i can i can handle that a little bit better because you know you're separating yourself and the person is talking behind a meme i'll never confront that person probably i try to respond as respectfully as i can as i can to try to get like a conversation going and that it's rare that that goes anywhere um what about in person have you had any awkward interactions especially with people you know, not in your nuclear family, but pretty close to you that sees what's going on. Have you had any confrontation there? Not really. I mean, at least, yeah, not to my face, at least. Who knows what my family's saying behind my back, you know, <laughs> like the extended family. I have vegans and vegetarians and in my extended family. Um, so yeah, I mean, nothing directly. It's funny, I, I made a new mom friend and we were talking about like diet and stuff. And I don't know how it came up, but I'm like, well, well, we were talking about Thanksgiving. I'm like, well, I eat kind of like a certain way. She's like, what, like low carb or something? I'm like, oh, a little bit more crazy than that. She's like, what, carnivore? I'm like, how did you even know about it? Like, I feel like I'm the last person to know. And she's like, oh yeah, like we're kind of maybe headed that direction. We heard about it on Joe Rogan's podcast. So I've actually gotten a lot of like surprisingly nice comments that I didn't even know like people had even heard of it. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I love that. Okay, also socially, um, when you're, out and doing things and trying to be with other people. What are some tips and tricks that that you have found that helps you to stay on the diet when you know you're hanging out with a family that does not do that diet, or that there's a birthday party, or any of those other situations that can make it kind of awkward and make you feel like you're standing out because you choose to eat this way? Yeah, I mean, you can always eat before. Um, I mean, unless you're going to a seated dinner party, that might be a little obvious what you're doing. Um, you can eat before you can put some meat in your fanny pack. Like I do. Um, or even if you are like sitting down with someone at dinner, like you just order meat or you just, you know, leave the veggies on the plate. If it's, you know, being served to you at a party, like, I, I don't think I, you don't need to explain yourself. Um, if you want to, that's great. If you don't want to talk about it, you could just say, 
you know, I'm doing um, an elimination diet right now because I'm having some issues or, you know, and I think there's a lot of pressure people feel to like say over the holidays, well, your aunt Martha made this cake, so you need to eat it. And I like to say like, no is a complete sentence. Like you can say no. Okay. Maybe you can have some manners and say, no, thank you. But I, I would be careful about people pleasing over the sake of your health. Like you're prioritizing her feelings over your own health and you need to look after yourself and you know, fuck everyone. Like who cares like what they think about what you're eating? You know, you've got to look after yourself. Yeah. I love that. That's such great advice. I, we've talked about this before, but we just took a trip to South Carolina where we stayed with another family. We tried to prep them on what our diet was and how, you know, different and weird we are. And as my wife is getting pressed a little bit about what she was eating, she basically just said, look, like I'm visiting a dear friend. I haven't seen you in five years. I don't want to spend my time in the few days I get to have with you feeling terrible, feeling awful, feeling like my stomach hurts and that my, my I have brain fog and like my emotions up and down. I just want to be there and be present with you and, and really enjoy that. And to do that, I have to eat this way. And I thought that was a really great way to kind of say that, like, like why is, is it worth it to feel like shit on your birthday? Like that's a day you should feel great. You know, it's not worth it to have some of those, you know, cheats and, and that type of thing. So I really appreciate that. You, have been a professional chef. What are some things that you would suggest for somebody that's just getting started on carnivore as far as tools in the kitchen? What are some of the top priorities that you found help keep this diet very simple for you? Um, I, I would suggest having like a cast iron pan. Um, if you don't want to be outside grilling, especially in the winter, um, I've only used cast iron for like 10 years now. It, I love it. I feel like it's the way to go. It's less toxic. Um, get some tallow to cook things in or butter. If you tolerate butter or ghee, um, an air fryer can be great. Um, that's a great option. I use our instant pot all the time. So you can make, you know, like a big roast and put it in there and then you could have that all week and, and rewarm that. Um, you can meal prep by like forming your own burger patties. I don't love reheated burger patties. So I'd rather just have, if I'm going to do it, like have the burgers all smashed and ready to go and cook them fresh that way. So you can meal prep that cold bacon is delicious. Make a batch of bacon, have some hard boiled eggs on hand, um, have a bite of butter. If you like it, you might not get there quite yet. It might take a few months, but yeah, just keep it simple and, you know, cook up some meat if you want and have that ready, or maybe make it easy and just do some like some prep work and do like all the cutting and slicing of whatever you're doing and have it ready to go. Um, another easy thing I have it somewhere on a reel. Uh, I like to take like a big tri-tip that's about like that big and you cut it into chunks, probably like two inch chunks. Um, and then freeze them on a cookie sheet and then take it out. So that way, when you put them in a Ziploc, they don't stick together. And so you can throw in chunks of that or any other steak. Um, and cook it from frozen in the air fryer. So like two inch chunks of, um, of tri-tip would probably be like around 20 minutes in the air fryer from frozen. So that's easy. Like what's easier than throwing something in the freezer and having it done while you can do something else. You don't have to watch it in the air fryer. So 
yeah, just keep things simple. I love that. Yeah, it sounds absolutely delicious as well. What do you say for things like spices or condiments or um, some of those other things that may change the flavor of the meat, things like marinades, like when somebody's getting started, are those things that you try to include or you try to get people to just do salt as soon as possible? Yeah, I would just do salt. I mean, especially, okay, if you're coming from a place like you've got some you know, autoimmune issues, or you've got something going on that you're trying to fix, then I would a hundred percent ditch the seasoning. Um, you can worry about adding that back in later, but I mean, if you're using this as like an elimination, elimination diet, I would definitely get rid of all plants. Um, but you know, some people use them and they're fine. So I think that's just up to the individual. I find that I don't need that anymore. Like I said, my taste buds have changed. I love the taste of um, meat with salt, a lot of salt. And yeah, like I, you know, once in a while, well, not once in a while, I used to go all the time to in and out and get a flying Dutchman. And once in a while there would be like a rogue grilled onion. And it was, it was alarming. Like one little bite, I'm like, Woo! like, and I used to love grilled onions and it, it tasted good, but it was like strong. So I don't feel like I need that anymore. Um, and then like sauces and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I definitely wouldn't really be doing like marinades. I'm sure they're going to have sugar and all sorts of things you don't want. Um, there's some different like carnivore sauces you can make, um, mayo, you know, they have mayo, check your labels. You know, it could say avocado oil, but avocado oil will be the first ingredient. And the second one is canola oil. So I would pay attention to seed oils, make your own mayo. Um, And I will say on the seed oils, I think if you're having like coconut oil or avocado or olive oil, those are going to be like the least toxic, but, um, animal fats would be more ideal. Um, yeah, I have like a butter mayo recipe, which is essentially just like a cold hollandaise. So that's delicious. So yeah, if you need some sauces and stuff, like there's definitely ways to go about it to help ease you into it. I love that. You have made all of this very simple to follow along with and, and, we always say like, it, it might not be easy, but it can be simple. You don't have to have lots of steps. Just find the animal foods you love, eat them till you're fully satiated. Don't eat again until you're hungry. And, and going through your journey through health and learning about you and your personal story is absolutely amazing. You've made this such a great guide for somebody that would want to maybe try this. I'm curious to know with, with all of this that you're trying to share and getting flack for it from time to time and people talking shit on social media, what makes you continue to want to share this message? Yeah. You know what? I get so many amazing messages and comments of people that are sharing their success stories. And it's like, okay, this is what it's about. I am so passionate about eating this way. It has changed my life. I just want to shout it from the rooftops. I want anybody that's hurting or struggling to know about this. So they know they have that option if they want to do it. So you know, once in a while, I'm like, God, I'm going to delete that damn app because they're so miserable over there. But then I get like messages like, no, like, please, you know, keep going. Like, you know, you're inspiring us to make changes. I'm like, okay, even if one person on TikTok, here's my story and makes changes themselves, then it's all worth it. And and also I don't want them to win. Like, fuck those haters. Like, you're not going to silence me. Like now I'm going to come out and probably say some more controversial shit. Like, you know, they, at one point, like last week, I'm like, okay, here's my husband with his louder with Crowder mug. So let's stir up some like political hate towards me too. You know? (laughs) So it's like, yeah, they're not going to silence me. I may cry from 
time to time, but they won't stop me. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I love using some of that as fuel for the fire. And it is a, a powerful message that goes completely against what most people think they know about nutrition. And so I really appreciate you and your work and for taking time to be on our show today. Courtney Luna, where do you want people to go to find you and connect with you and your work? Yeah, I am all over the place, all the platforms. Um, it is It's Courtney Luna. I have a website, CourtneyLuna.com, that you can find my platforms on there. If you do CourtneyLuna.com slash links, then you can find links to like my ebook that I have, the podcast that we have. Um, I have a few freebie downloads. So I have a free, um, my five favorite recipes and I have a free grocery list download. And yeah, I think that's it. And if you're like really just wanting like um, recipes, I'm on Pinterest too. So that kind of makes things a little bit more organized if you're looking for like the food side of things. Yeah, that's great. We will link to all of that in the show notes. And I really shortchanged you and your social media platforms by only listing two in the introduction, YouTube and Instagram. I know you're everywhere and very active on all the all the platforms. And, and again, sharing this message, which is wonderful. So thank you so very much for everything you do. Thank you for taking time to be on our show today. We really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. It was an honor to speak with you. Thank it was you. an honor to speak with you as well. And this has been another episode of Balanced Body Radio. At the close of one year and the beginning of a new year, I just wanted to make sure to thank you, the listener, for all of your support and for listening to our show. 2022 was an amazing year that saw lots of growth with the podcast, but also came with amazing results with the people that we get to work with in our business, Boundless Body. We began our business during the confusion of the 2020 pandemic and opened up in July of that year. And we've been absolutely amazed with how things have gone. It was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and a lot of building the plane as we were flying it, but it's turned out amazing. We just absolutely love seeing our clients get amazing results. We love seeing all the great feedback and positive reviews that come through on Apple. So if you haven't already, please leave us a review there on Apple as it's the best way for the show to continue to grow and impact the lives of people all over the world. We're super excited for 2023. We already have lots of great guests and topics lined up, and we have no intention of slowing down our releases anytime soon. Also, feel free to check out our premium content, which we post on Patreon. There you will find our extended and unedited episodes, which we post on the day of recording. So you actually don't have to wait for the edited version of the podcast to release, which can sometimes be several weeks, actually. And on Patreon, you will also find the Boundless Body Radio premium podcast. This was my special project this year. I really wanted to combine all of the very best clips about one topic from our show to combine into extended episodes that take a very deep dive into a topic. I've created two separate topics as a masterclass that are three episodes each. One is all about the macronutrients and the second is all about keto and ketogenic diets. That way you can get a fantastic education from some of our amazing guests in a format that can help you zero in on the topic that you are most interested in. Something I'm very proud of and believe that we are sharing this content for a very high value. Remember that you can also book a complimentary 30-minute session with us on our website at myboundlessbody.com. And thank you again so very much for listening to Boundless Body Radio.